Hi, I'm Tracy, an impassioned lady on a quest to slay working motherhood and find fulfillment. I'm here to help you navigate the beautiful and damned in the life of a working mom. I'm a PA, mom, wife, and lover of fashion who is guiding my fellow working moms to ditch the dread and find fulfillment in the wonder and the war zone that is modern motherhood. I teach you the clinical pearls you need to create a life you love, pearls you can apply today to change your life tomorrow. Skirt around those heavy real life topics? No way. Here you'll get an unfiltered ringside seat. You'll hear about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Parenting, step-parenting, marriage, motherhood, faith, and finances are all topics we will sit down and unpack together. Think of this as your one-stop shop for all the motivation and encouragement you need to help navigate working motherhood. Each week, it's like a mom's night out had a baby with a TED Talk. Then the mom's night out went back to work. Pull up a seat, get settled, and get ready to be inspired and encouraged. This is Fulfilled, the podcast. Today on Fulfilled, we have Carly Malloy. Carly is a certified functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner. She is a women's health coach and a fertility awareness instructor. She offers specialized health and nutrition coaching for women from preconception through postpartum. Using a functional and integrative whole body approach, she helps women of all ages get to the root cause of their health issues so they can feel their best, improve their hormones, and get pregnant faster. I know Carly because she attended the same physician assistant program as I did. She started her career as a PA over a decade ago and went on to further her education in fertility. And we'll talk about how that uh, fits in with her life story and the growth of her family as we get into some of our questions. So Carly, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Tracy. I'm really excited to be here and talking to you. So if people don't know you personally like I do, um, could you introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So as Tracy mentioned, uh, my name is Carly Malloy. I began my career in medicine as a physician assistant. And um, after going through my own journey of endometriosis and infertility and hormone imbalance and seeing many other women going through the same Uh, went on for further training in restorative reproductive health and functional nutrition. I now have three beautiful babies conceived naturally, and I've had the privilege of helping many other women do the same. So would you be willing to share some of your story and that journey um, through infertility and eventually to conceiving your kids with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So My husband and I were open pretty much right off the bat after we got married to having children, and we were pretty surprised when it didn't happen right away. And I remember kind of pretty quickly getting into that cycle of each month that would pass, each cycle that would pass, being really disappointed. And we were using fertility awareness and cycle tracking in the, even during that time, which was really awesome because it allowed me to start pinpointing some of the things that were happening right away. Um, so we were starting to find out pretty quickly that there were some concerns with my hormones going on. And I had trouble for years. I mean, I can remember all the way back to um, you know, when I first started getting periods even 
um, as a teenager, having really painful periods and cramps and just feeling terrible, even the first um, you know week or two prior to getting my period. Um, so that was something that had been going on for a long time. I think I never really connected the possibility of what that meant for my fertility and for growing my family when that time came. Um, after a year or so of trying to get pregnant, we started to seek more help through different medical interventions. Um, we tried fertility stimulating medications, hormone therapy, um, numerous other treatments. And I eventually went on to have laparoscopic surgery and discovered that I did, in fact, have endometriosis. We kind of suspected that for a little while um, until we finally took the leap of getting some answers surgically. Um, during all of that process, I felt called to go on for some further training in restorative reproductive medicine and completed a 15-month program through uh, what's now called the St. Paul the Sixth Institute in Omaha, Nebraska. And I was seeking answers for not only myself, but also for many other women that I was seeing in my own practice in family medicine. I was seeing a lot of women, working with a lot of women, um, and just seeing there was just kind of this um, thread of women that were going through similar issues. And so I was seeking answers for myself, but also seeking answers for my own patients and the other women who I knew that were going through similar issues. So it was my desire to not only just get pregnant, I knew that I wasn't in a good place from a health standpoint. And so I really wanted to find out what was going on with my body and to heal my cycles. Um, during that time, kind of in the middle of that as well, after I completed my training with the Pope Paul or the St. Paul VI Institute, my husband and I became foster parents. We really discerned um, that route and we ended up parenting three kiddos for about a year, uh, two of them for a little more than a year through the foster system. And there was just a lot of surrender prior to that and during that um, kind of becoming foster parents. And we got to this place of kind of acceptance that God may have other plans for building and growing our family. And I really believe that it was that surrender, that place of kind of being in surrender, that release of stopping my own striving and pushing my own plans and dreams that um, really like allowed me to just let go and kind of let God come in. And, um, you know, I during that time, I was also doing a lot of work to kind of truly hear, heal my body and my cycles. And we had let go of doing a lot of the fertility treatments. So um, we eventually even while we were foster parents, went on to naturally and to our surprise, conceive our first daughter, um, Eliana, and um, then subsequently uh, two more kiddos later, again, all naturally, no fertility interventions or anything like that. So it was a blessing for sure. And so what kind of changes were you making in that process when you say I was going about the business of sort of healing my cycles and kind of regulating things? What did that look like in your life? Yeah, great question. Um, I was doing some very, very basic kind of nutritional changes 
in retrospect, kind of looking back, I think um, I was also, like I said, kind of gaining some insight looking at my own cycle charting um, and just a gaining better clarity in what was happening in my own body, which actually allowed again, more of that kind of surrender, that acceptance of what was happening instead of being in that place of, you know, striving and stressing. Um, we did a lot of just letting go of that. And that I think relieved some of the stress and pressure that was on my body. There were a lot of other stressors going on during that time as well with being foster parents. Um, some of the other things that you know, I know that I had started to focus more on were just some of the foundational kind of core basics, sleeping. My, like I said, my stress levels were still not optimal during that time, but um, I wasn't stressed about having kids and growing my family because we had three kiddos in our home. Um, so those were some of the things that I was working on kind of slowly, bits at a time during that period. So you were, you're practicing medicine, you're working as a family medicine PA, you're fostering these three kids. Um, and, and what inspired you to say, Hey, I think I need to, to go back and to really understand this and sort of figuring out that that was the path that you wanted to take in your practice and also in your life. Yeah. Um, I so after Eliana was born, actually a few months before Eliana was born, um, we went through some really difficult stuff with the foster kids. They ended up moving on. We had thought we were going to adopt them, um, and that didn't end up happening. And so there was a lot of loss and a lot of pain there, um, and grief, of course, um, because we thought they were kind of part of our family. We tr we treated them that way. So. During that time, um, even within a few weeks after Eliana was born, um, there was this kind of transition. I, I often describe it as feeling like there was this like switch that was kind of flicked of, you know, the lights kind of going out. And I've heard many women describe that in the postpartum time. Um, and I just felt a huge change in my body. So... I was thrilled and excited that, you know, we had this baby that we prayed for for so long, and yet I wasn't feeling well. I wasn't myself emotionally. I Things just were not the way I imagined them to be. And so we saw the OBGYN and got put on Zoloft and went through kind of the typical postpartum anxiety and depression treatment. And I continued to struggle for for months and eventually ended up leaving my part-time job. At that point, I was part-time in family practice um, for my own health. I just was not in a place where I could continue to work and I needed to focus on getting myself well. Um, so in the midst of all that, we surprisingly got pregnant again with our second daughter. And um, she was born two years after Eliana. So Eliana was, was just two when Hattie was born. And that postpartum time after Hattie was even worse. Um, just very, very difficult, extreme anxiety and depression. And I was seeing multiple medical providers. Try they had tried numerous different medications. I was seeing a counselor. Um, was almost admitted for inpatient treatment a few times because it was so severe. 
Um, and they just, it felt like nobody knew what to do to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was one of quite honestly, one of the darkest times of my life that I can remember, you know, looking back on now and just so difficult. And I remember just feeling like the medical providers were grasping at straws for answers for Mm -hmm. me and really that nobody had answers for me and that it was all in my head. I just felt like everybody kept saying, this is all in your head. And so it was a few months. I would, I mean, I don't even remember, to be honest with you, the exact time frame. but I knew there was a, a, as I was starting to heal and get a little bit better, I, something shifted where I realized that I needed to do something to help myself. And that was when I really felt like I became empowered to do something and make a change for my own health. Um, Cause I wanted to be the best mom that I could be for my kids. And I didn't want to live the way I was living anymore. So um, I really, at that point, that was when I started to seek some of these other methods of how do I get well? Because the doctors I was seeing didn't have answers for me um, outside of just uh, medications. And that wasn't working well. So I started to seek more education kind of on my own in the realm of nutrition and functional health during that time and started to slowly get a little bit of a handle on what was going on. I remember still feeling during that time, you know, still struggling with this overwhelming fatigue and exhaustion and not being myself. And um, somehow in the midst of that, we also ended up getting pregnant with our third child. You know, again, surprisingly, wonderfully, we were thrilled, um, but, you know, still just taken aback because and scared to death, honestly, because it was so terrible. Um, The postpartum time was so difficult. Um, And yet, you know, there's those also those feelings of being thrilled that, you know, having another baby that we had prayed for. So um, when I got pregnant with Caden, when we, I, it took me a little bit, but I really, that was when I really kind of took back the reins of my own health. And I dove into additional training for functional nutrition and functional health through the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Um, And that was when I really started to connect a lot of the dots of what had happened with my own health. And during all of that time, I was still teaching fertility awareness kind of on the side, very part-time, and helping other women kind of through this process just by understanding their fertility and becoming aware of their fertility through cycle tracking. Um, but this brought it to kind of a, a whole nother level. Um, and I started working on um, coaching women through that process as well. And it just um, as I connected the dots for my own health, I became more and more passionate about helping other women do the same because I was hearing over and over again so many stories of these women who are going through similar journeys and um, not having the answers that they were seeking. So that was my big kind of why uh, through mm-hmm. that process. Which is such an incredible story. It's, I mean, it's much like a roller coaster. Like, at last, we're having this baby. And then because of what was happening in your mind and in your body during that time, you weren't able to be present and enjoy it and and be the person that you wanted to be in that time that you had longed for for so long. 
which is as a mom, it's just, you feel like, ah, oh, this time is fleeting and I'm not physically able to show up the way I want to. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I can feel it in my bones. This is the year that you start to make traction toward those big, scary financial goals. If you are looking to trim up your budget, to make progress towards paying off your house, saving for your kid's college, or taking that dream vacation to the tropics, I have just the thing for you. It is a free guide I created of 12 things to quit buying that will save you $15,000 a year. You can find the link in the show notes or go to tracy-bingaman.mykajabi.com slash 12 things. That's tracy-bingaman.mykajabi.com slash 12 things. Get ready to start saving major money and making real traction towards those big financial goals. How did you know something was wrong because all newborn moms are exhausted, right? All moms of more than one kid are exhausted. And so I think society is painting this picture of this bedraggled mom who's just a a hot mess and who can barely get out of her own way. And that has become like, oh, that's normal, right? You're sleep deprived. There's 18 humans who need you. So how did you, as, as a woman and also as a practitioner, identify this is more than normal fatigue of a newborn parent. Yeah, I have reflected on that many times. And the best way that I can think to describe it is that it was almost like the lights went out for me. Um, And I've heard other women use similar descriptions to that now and doing some of what I'm doing, that it's, you're just, you feel like you're, you know you're there and you're present, but you just are not fully present. And it felt, it felt like, yeah, like the lights went out. Like I just, I'm here. I'm just kind of this shell of myself. I'm still functioning. And in retrospect, my husband and my mom will tell me that I was functioning. I was still somewhat functioning and taking care of my kids, but I I just could barely even think clearly to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, to me, I knew that I was not myself. I was, it was beyond just exhaustion, the physical exhaustion. There was, I could tell that I was beyond that because it was not just, um, yeah. In retrospect, you know, the other thing I connected in this process is, that it felt very similar in a lot of ways, kind of, I and I said it over and over again to my husband, that it felt like this extreme PMS. Hmm. Um, like I had dealt with PMS for many, many years, but it just felt like that to the extreme and there was no end in sight. Because um, with PMS, you know, your period's coming and so it'll end. But with that, it just, we didn't know when it was going to end. So in your role that you're doing now, are you functioning as a practitioner and a coach? Like, are you doing lab work and studies? Like, what does that entail when someone comes to you and says, hey, I'm, I want to get pregnant, I'm postpartum, whatever point they are, and I think something is off. What happens then? Yeah, so we, I take a very individualized approach. So the I make sure it's really clear right from the start that in this role, I am actually not practicing as a physician assistant. 
I bring okay. those tools into what I'm doing, that knowledge and expertise and training, of course, comes into play, but um, there's no diagnosing. There's no treatment and prescriptive medicine that's happening. Um, it's definitely more of a coaching and a guiding role. And so within that, there's actually so much that can still be done. Um, and there's so much work that as a medical provider, as a PA, you know, when I was in family practice, that I had a very limited amount of time that I could provide some of that coaching and that guidance and that really sitting with um, with a woman and talking through what's really going on in your day to day. How's your sleep? How's your stress? How's your marriage? How's you know your nutrition? All of those factors. We can really take more time and sit down and talk through some of those things, and then. The great part about that is that we can use all of those pieces of information and then the additional expertise and training from my background as a PA um, to help the, the patient, the woman in front of me, advocate for what those needs may be with her medical provider. And we kind of end up creating this team approach with, with her other medical providers. So sometimes that looks like maybe recommending or um, reflecting on some blood work or some labs that may be beneficial and even reflecting that back to her medical provider um, or helping her to advocate for that depending on the situation. But um, obviously there's no ordering of those labs that I do, um, but we do work really, um, you know, the best scenario is working cohesively with her other medical providers and kind of sitting in that seat with her as more of a coach and a guide, um, which is really, it's a, it's an awesome place to be. And it's something I'm really passionate about. I can tell. And it's, uh, it's funny as you're saying this, I am, I can see myself, I'm sitting in class in PA school and, and Dr. Jones is lecturing, which you probably remember. And literally what you're describing is one bullet for pretty much any disease he ever explained. And it says lifestyle modifications. And that's it. Like the, so, you know, someone comes into the family practice office and they're like, I am hypertensive. Okay. Well, you should probably, you know, eat better exercise and here's some lisinopril, right? So like, that's like the whole, all the provider has time for or does is say to the patient, you should consider modifying your lifestyle. Well, they don't know. I mean, that's, that is in those two words, lifestyle modifications could be hours of counseling, years of changing your habits. There's so much Mm -hmm. in those two words that modern medicine is not serving people in that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yep, I totally remember (laughs) sitting there in the the lifestyle modifications and there should be, you know, a whole bunch more bullet points after that for sure. Not just that one. And then drugs. No, no, that's not (laughs) it, but it's kind of, kind of what it felt like at some points. Um, I'm wondering if you'd be willing, um, both in following you and in knowing you personally and in the discussion we've had so far, you're very open with your faith and how that has played such a big role for you and for your husband in this journey. So can you share with us sort of what that looked like as a couple, as an individual, kind of how you worked through, prayed through some of these obstacles that you encountered? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to share about that. Um, 
as I mentioned previously, you know, faith is just such an integral part of of my journey, and it is in a lot of the women that that I work with. Um, but for so many of those women, I think they often feel like it kind of is something that they don't get to talk about. Um, but it's an important part for them. And for me, you know, I firmly believe that God is the author and creator of life. And so we can't overlook that important component in this discussion of fertility and women's health. And so I know as I was going through my own fertility journey and difficulties getting pregnant and then the subsequent you know, postpartum struggles and depression and anxiety, and um, I really wrestled with God and wrestled with his faithfulness. And, you know, we firmly felt God calling us to be parents. And yet the journey to get there felt so hard and so difficult. And, you know, I often reflect back on the verses that God gave me and that I clung to during those times. Um, one especially that has come up again recently is from Isaiah 61, verse 7, that says, Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance, and so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. And it's just beautiful to reflect for me um, and for so many of the women that, that I work with. It's so beautiful to just for us to know that there's a bigger plan than our own. And yeah, God has been so faithful to us in this journey. And he has fulfilled that promise from Isaiah in so many ways. You know, one example I frequently reflect on is that our yes to God to, to parent three children through the foster care system. Um, we had so much loss and grief then after we lost them, and yet God doubly blessed us. He fulfilled that double blessing and then allowing us to have three biological children. And um, it's key um, in this work and when we talk about fertility and, and womanhood, I think, to bring that in. So, I When I heard you telling your story, I was thinking when you were saying surrender was such a big part of that and and sort of surrendering to you know God's will and surrendering to the situation and it sounds to me like at first you were saying oh we'd like to get pregnant it's not happening like let's do these medical interventions like let's sort of follow the traditional route of treatment for infertility and in doing so that you were almost working against the situation like okay here's what we have to work with like that's not what we want to be doing. Like, let's walk in this upstream kind of over here. And then when you started embracing and working with what was happening in your body, what was happening in your faith, you sort of turned in the other direction and and you were swimming downstream, you know, instead of fighting against the situation, you know, biologically, logistically, hormonally, that you were working with it. And then, you know, I mean, the rest we talked about, but... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when that surrender piece comes in and we kind of realign our hearts and it just allows our bodies to be realigned with God's will and um in doing that there's just this this beautiful surrender that happens and I just I see over and over again the testament to what that does in our physical bodies and our emotional bodies and the interconnectedness of those things. 
Um, it's just, it's profound. And it, you know, as we surrender and um, accept that, you know, wherever we're at, whether it's, you know, trying to get pregnant or whatever that calling is that God has in our life, he, he is bringing forth life through that. And we, we can realign to, to that call and it allows us to walk peacefully instead of striving and forcing our own way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful reminder and it is so the mind, body, spirit connection is, it's physiologically profoundly impressive to me that like we all don't die, like that, uh, you know, our bodies function and keep us alive in this crazy world, but also that there's this element of spirit that isn't measurable, but plays a huge role whether we're sort of ready to admit it, willing to accept it, or, you know, kind of roll with it. And and it, it's just interesting to hear how that, you know, affect all those things. There was the three things that had to get walking in the right direction and alignment in order for things to work out. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we wrap up, where can listeners find and connect with you online if they want to follow you or learn more about you and your coaching? Sure. Um, I am on Instagram at hormone underscore healing underscore mom and on Facebook at Grace Fertility and Wellness. Um, You can also find me on my website, which is gracefertilityandwellness.com. So, and clients don't necessarily have to be local. I'm assuming that you do virtual things. <laughs> yeah. With COVID, everything is virtual now. So, um, yeah, we can do it all over. I have clients even out of the United States. So, oh, very cool. That's yeah. wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story with us today, Carly. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, Tracy. Until next time, keep on slaying your own fire-breathing dragons. Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of Fulfilled, the podcast. I have a favor to ask. If you like what you heard today, please tell your friends. Take a screenshot and share it on social. You can tag me on Instagram at Mrs. Tracy Bingaman, and you can tag the podcast at Fulfilled Podcast. And please consider leaving a review. I'd love to hear what you think and your reviews can help other moms find me so they can grow alongside you. Oh, I almost forgot. Don't forget to subscribe so you get next week's episode automatically in your podcast queue. Instant inspiration and all the mom jokes. Yes, please. We'll see you next week on Fulfilled the Podcast.